0: So it has taken me quite a while to get this episode uploaded onto the podcast. Firstly, you have to hang on in. I know that the audio is not fantastic, but here is the recording I made on Friday. It was an Instagram live, so you can always watch it there if you prefer. It's about the five pillars of wellness, and there are some golden gems And I know I have asked you guys to think about how you can love yourselves more this week. And that thought for our mindset question came from this chat with Debbie. So enjoy, pop me in your ears, take Debbie and I for a walk and let me know what you think. Um, Debbie and I met when we were on the uh, Worldview Retreat back in September And um, I think I was so inspired by the chats that I had with Debbie whilst we were walking around the amazing Portuguese um, countryside that I thought it would be really nice to bring you in, Debbie, to chat about. Basically, I think what we wanted to do was maybe chat together about women's health, um, particularly women who maybe are um, having hormonal changes and how that can kind of affect you, your life, your fitness, your wellness generally. Um, And I felt like when we spoke together, we had very similar um, thoughts about mindset and how we need to kind of embrace our bodies and basically think about treating them brilliantly and nourishing them and thriving. Um, But maybe, Debbie, initially, could you just say to everybody a little bit about what you do and you'll probably say it much better than me.
1: Well, I am a transformation coach, and I work predominantly with founders um, and leaders, women, who um, come to me when they are making big steps in their lives, and I work with them on helping them to achieve that, but not at the expense of their health, and not at the expense of their mental health, their physical health, and just generally teaching them and walking alongside them whilst I impart some knowledge that maybe they just didn't know before that actually we can build these businesses and we can build these lives that we want for ourselves and these careers without losing ourselves in the process and actually a big part of it is that I bring them home to themselves during the process Um, and it's just gorgeous it's gorgeous to help them to unlearn a lot of the old paradigms and the stories that tell us it's all about the hustle and we must work harder and harder and more, more, more. And it's lovely when you see them realise that there can be a much gentler way for them to do it, and it feels very authentic for them yeah. when they when they make these changes. So yeah, it's gorgeous. It's I, gorgeous. I was going to say that's really interesting because I
0: think both of us again we talked a lot when we were together about that mindset and it was interesting you just touched on it there that this kind of narrative and i think we're all guilty of kind of maybe having a narrative that's um maybe keeping us stuck Mm -hmm. and i suppose maybe if we talked i know one of your fundamentals we were going to go through kind of roughly what your five pillars of wellness are but maybe some advice on the mindset side of things would be good because i think no matter whether you are pursuing a kind of health and fitness goal or whether you are pursuing kind of growing your business or whatever you're doing in life generally, it's often the only thing that's really standing in our way to achieving these amazing, incredible things is ourselves and we have to get our mind on board and I often talk about there being this kind of cognitive dissonance so you might know what you want to do on the one hand but there's something kind of keeping you stuck and often it's that kind of internal dialogue where you're maybe sort of getting that imposter syndrome not feeling like you're good enough feeling like you've always been a certain way so you'll always be that way so when you're coaching women I don't know what have you found is effective for kind of maybe addressing that side of that inner narrative
1: well, I suppose the uh, first thing to say is that a lot of my work comes from everything that I've gone through myself. Um, so, if I go back to my own career and the way that I've built um, startups and businesses in the past, I started to recognize that I had patterns. So, I had a big change in my life about five years ago when my dad died. And it forced me into a period where I stopped everything that i was doing and i started to really question everything about why did i behave this way why did i move through my life in a certain way why were there certain patterns that would crop crop up especially around my health and that was for me um the starting point for my work was from my own let me just plug you in so that i don't lose you you don't lose me I mean, don't lose me debbie no don't lose you um and that was really important for me to in my work make sure that people realize that i've really walked this walk and and i can't say that it's always easy either but the the biggest lessons for me was i went through a period first of unlearning all of those things i thought were true for me mm-hmm so so things around what does success look like you know I'd had this um unwritten unverbalized idea I suppose around success that it somehow had to feel hard in order for it to actually be achieved um and I don't know whether that's the patriarchy I don't know whether that's been um because I was a child of the 80s coming through education and we were told that that women could have it all Um, and that is a really strong narrative to have grown up with because what what they really said was now you can go out and have it all and you can have your babies as well and you can create your families and you can do all of it but what they really wanted you to do was do it all alone without support and we all became very hyper independent and thought that that was the only route to success so for me a big part of shifting my mindset before I started to learn different ways of looking after myself, was to unlearn some of the unhealthy narratives that I had. And I was, you know, I'll be honest, I was a bit of a workaholic. Um, mm-hmm. I would I would think nothing of doing 12 hour days, um, staying up really late, and all of that I did without any understanding of how that was truly impacting my health, both physically and mentally. Um, So yeah, a big part of my mindset shift was starting to be really forgiving because Mm -hmm. when I did start to look back on how I had treated myself, I felt really bad because I couldn't quite believe how badly I had treated myself over the years in pursuit of this perceived narrative around what success looked like. I, I just started to be really curious about what if it could be different? What if I could still build these businesses and still have my ambitions, but what if it could feel joyful, and what if I could rest at times when I needed it, and what if I could actually bring people along with me um, Mm -hmm. rather than have this hyper independence that quite honestly made me feel very isolated and alone so so that was the first start was an entry point of forgiveness was really crucial for me because I had to look backwards first to unlearn things but I had to be really kind to myself because you know those stories don't just happen overnight those stories have been passed down to us ancestrally from from all of our female lineage you know and some of our male lineage so it's not this is not a quick fix and it's not something that's an easy ride but it's so worth it if you decide to take this journey it really is so part of it is sort of looking at
0: your past behaviors and trying to understand i think that's really interesting because i think i um again i'm part of a mentorship now as well and I think it's really interesting when you do start to to think about success, but you're not just pinning it on like a um, a number that you take home each month, and actually just yeah. trying to think more about the lifestyle that you want to be living, and just this pursuit of maybe just growth um, at the cost of all else. Like the cost is is too high, and I think yeah. particularly for women where you have got children and you're trying to balance it yeah. all, and you're you have been told that you can have it all when when that doesn't quite fit into place and you you don't feel like you're able to succeed in every single aspect of your life at all times it can feel like you're failing and then it's an all or nothing mindset and then you kind of just give up yeah. um and it's yeah super super yeah. tricky yeah so i think mindset's huge i mean the next part so you have mindset as your first pillar and i know on the podcast i've really been trying to talk to people about again this i think again we've kind of probably learned again in regards to kind of movement and nutrition as well there's kind of all or nothing and we kind of have past experiences that influence our mindset around how we need to be treating our bodies but i really really liked that idea that you um said that you can go on these journeys with whatever it is whether it's your kind of career or your relationship with food and movement and it can be joyful and you can be forgiving and it should be sort of this partnership it doesn't have to be this um thing that you're kind of inflicting upon yourself actually you can look for how you can integrate these better ways these pillars of health into your life from a point of wanting to be more loving and kind to yourself rather than always just thinking about you know grinding harder you know dieting harder exercising more running yourself into the ground actually kind of like reflecting if that's going to take you to where you ultimately want to be which is always for you know how we want to live in our bodies how we want to be in our careers we want to be healthy happy um enjoying life having that kind of um elusive
1: balance yeah yeah and and i think you know i talk a lot about the fact that love was a gateway for me and and that's now what i use with all of the women i work with love has to be the gateway because that's the thing that sustains the change but a lot of the time in our lives and I have definitely been part of this is that we make some of these changes in our lives because we're coming from a point of punishment Mm -hmm. and and depriving ourselves rather than love and nourishment And, and that was a big change for me you know when when you are working in that other way of punishment and drive and and sort of taking things away because you think you need to do more, more, more. um, It's not sustainable. And it's certainly not joyful. You know, it's certainly not joyful. So, So we have to use love as the gateway because that is the thing that makes the changes stick. But it's also the bit that makes it feel compassion and joyful and free. Yeah, you, know, you can't you can't do this if you're constantly coming from a place of feeling less than. Yes, because that kind of motivation then also spirals into imposter syndrome. Yeah, and and thinking that you're not enough. You know, I yeah. call, call it the um, the Goldilocks syndrome, where women we've been told for so long that we're either too much or not enough. You know, when when are we going to be just right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're giving me goosebumps, Debbie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's so, so true. I think, I don't know if you've got any advice, because again, I think I often say that, like for having these these drivers for any kind of change, it needs to come from a place of wanting to grow, wanting to kind of um, come from love. But it's so hard sometimes when your inner narrative is, it's not your cheerleader. You've got this kind of inner inner a critic that's always there so sometimes i talk about maybe trying to find neutrality first i don't know if you've got any kind of really helpful tips for kind of try because obviously ultimately the goal is to come from this place of love but sometimes that can be such a massive that can be something else we can bash ourselves over the head with because we're like oh but i can't love my body because blah 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 or i can't you know we find it hard but like this love thing <laughs> can be really tricky
1: really tricky and I, and I have a couple of really really simple ways of doing things so first of all is to get yourself into a really curious state because you can't be curious and judgmental at the same time it's not possible um, and a lot of people when I tell them that they go oh I've never really thought about it like that and you can't you can't be judgmental and curious at the same time so being curious means just be curious about what's possible for you if you tried something different And then the really simple thing that I tell all of my clients at different points when I'm working with them is just spend a day with that level of curiosity for yourself and you ask yourself this one anchoring question, which is, how can I love myself even more deeply right now? And it works, and it works in such a powerful way. In many ways, because first of all, you are constantly bringing yourself back to the present moment. And that's really important because being in that present moment means that you get to experience what it feels like on a regular basis throughout your day actually showing yourself compassion and love mm. so so you already anchor yourself in present moments secondly it's a bit of neuroscience trickery which i like to bring into my practice so In that sentence, what you've already done is you've already on some level told yourself that you love yourself. Yes, yes. You're tricking yourself. You know, you've already said, how do I love myself even more deeply? So you've already told yourself on some level you feel certain love. And then what you're trying to do is just slowly and compassionately push the boundaries of what showing yourself love means for you. Because finding love for yourself is exactly like what feels like the holy grail you know when people say i just want to be happy i just want to be joyful it feels like some nebulous thing that other yeah. people get but you don't yeah actually finding yourself in love with yourself is a journey like any other love story you know and so it has to be practiced it's not yes. it's not something that actually can be found it has to be practiced And when you do that on a regular basis, I can guarantee your choices around yourself and how you care for yourself.
0: Yes. I really, yeah, I love that. I really, really love that. And I think um, it is a really, obviously I apply everything to kind of my, my client group, but I'm just thinking again, when you start to think, I don't know, you go into a cafe and you're sort of selecting whether you, I don't know, for example... I don't know, buy the cake or not buy the cake, but just kind of thinking, how could I love myself more? Like what you want for your future self, lining that up gives you that choice. And again, loving yourself sometimes might look like having it, sometimes it might look like not having it, but kind of having that freedom and not coming from, well, I I shouldn't have it, I can't have it. But thinking again, well, actually, I'm thinking about how to love myself more, and I know I've got this goal at the moment. I need my actions to line up with my goals. And today that means I'm a yes. Today that means I'm a no. But again, not having this awful kind of restrictive less mindset, but having this growth mindset about nourishment and loving. And I yeah. think that freedom as well, because when you've got that freedom to choose, yeah. you, you get to choose and you're coming from love. And that is really, really powerful, I think, particularly for women where we have been kind of you know, fed this... Yeah, all or nothing mindset and kind of often we're punishing ourselves or restricting ourselves trying to shrink ourselves and we're not thinking about growing ourselves feeling nourished and stronger and you know in all aspects of our life not just our physical health
1: yeah and and that example that you just gave there is a great example because if you think about that that particular situation that should i have the cake should i not have the cake very much, there's an old narrative around thing, choices like that, which are all about, it's good or bad. There's, yeah. such, there's such polarity around our choices. There's good or bad. And if you yeah. choose good, you get to feel good. If you choose the bad, then does that mean you have a whole day feeling really bad about yourself? Yeah. Whereas if you reframe that and you you ask yourself from a point of love, what would be an act of love right now that feels good for me? yeah you'll make, you'll make that choice and you'll be able to then carry that choice throughout your day without tipping into that negativity yeah and yeah it completely reframes everything absolutely everything and interestingly when when we uh first started talking about that, somebody who's on here there was so many hearts that went to <laughs> so it 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 really does you know it's the first time for women that they've heard of this concept and And it's strange um, for me because I started talking about my falling in love with myself, my love story, as I call it now, about 18 months ago when I'd come through it and really, really felt it. And I was doing a live with somebody uh, on Instagram and she had to stop because she said, I've never heard a grown woman say out loud publicly that she has fallen in, in love with herself deeply. And she said, oh, my God, I just need to take a minute to let that sink in. And it and it just showed me that the world needs more women who are deeply in love with themselves. The, the world needs more women who consider that they can have a love story with themselves, first and foremost, you know. And and I, I, I talk about this with my own daughters. It, you know, they're just at that age where they're, you know, falling in love with them, themselves. And having boyfriends and stuff. And my only conversation with with them when they're going out into this romantic world of love is I say to them, you know, I say to them, you've got to remember that you're not going to spend your life looking for the one because actually you've already found her. You are the one. (laughs) Debbie, you're so good.
0: (laughs) Debbie's got magical powers for anyone who hasn't physically met Debbie. She's extremely good at giving you shivers and all the good feels. I just think actually I was kind of looking through all the pillars and I was thinking oh I thought we'd go through them one by one but I love your approach because it integrates everything because the fundamental foundation level is this journey of trying to come from kindness and from love it's just everything all of your choices so the choices you're making about how you choose to work how you choose to nourish your body how you choose to move your body um, choosing to rest your body. And yes. I, I was kind of thinking, I feel like we probably talked about the nourishment indirectly and maybe kind yes. of the movement again. But rest is something that I think and the rest and the breath, maybe if we can come to that, because yes. I think they're the things that we almost don't feel like we deserve, and they're the things that get knocked off, and they're the things that we don't have time for. Yeah. So maybe. again i know if we are thinking about loving ourselves i think it's very um easy almost to think about nourishing our bodies better
1: training consistently but talk to me about rest rest is such such a hot topic right now um for me if i hadn't been loving myself in the way that i have i wouldn't have got through the grief in the way that i have when i lost my dad rest was something that was totally elusive for me but i realized actually it's been a critical part and it's it is a choice so first of all i i call it rest because there's a lot of talk about sleep at the moment but for a lot of the ladies that i work with um i work with some women who are going through the menopause sleep can, can become really tricky and if you're a your mother, sleep become really tricky. You know, any time in your life, you can have periods where sleep can become elusive. And then it becomes something, again, that you can beat yourself up about. So coming from a point of compassion and widening it out to this concept of rest means that you can make different choices throughout your entire day. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. We focus so much on telling people, you must, must, must get your seven to eight hours a night. And that's absolutely great and it's brilliant. But when you're going through periods where you're trying to juggle so much of your hormones, so much of your family life and your work life, I don't want you to put any more pressure on you. So I extend it into this concept of rest so that people realize that they have a 24-hour window in which to really show themselves ways in which that they can rest. And that might be for some it may well be that you just in your day so in my office here i'll have my yoga mat out all day Mm -hmm. so that in between my coaching calls when i put i put a 10 minute window in between my calls i just lie down on my mat and i close my eyes and i put some you know relaxing music on and i just allow myself to just unfurl a little Mm -hmm. you know to, to really let your body just come back into yourself because The most important thing with any of these pillars is that what I'm telling you is your body already knows what she wants. Mm -hmm. She is wise beyond anything else that anyone can tell you. But in order to hear her whispers, you have to create pockets of time and stillness and gentleness for you to actually hear what she needs. So rest for me is whatever makes you feel just freer in that moment. So, stepping away from your computer, having a 20 minute nap, putting on um, a meditation for five minutes, going out for a 10 minute walk. You know, if you can look at your 24 hour period and consider that it's bigger than just sleep, then you'll start to make different choices. Because what I find is that women who I work with who are having trouble sleeping, when I ask them what they do in the other hours of their day, they are so full-on that that's actually the reason why sleep is elusive. Mm -hmm. So so by getting them to think about this 24-hour window, again, I'm bringing them home to themselves all day. I'm saying to them that there are other ways in which you can rest. And I'm telling them that it's okay for them to take those moments. It's not indulgent. It's not selfish. You are not going to lag behind. You are not... Selfish or lazy, or any of the other things that that the world can tell you around rest, it is your birthright to rest your body. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't need to earn it, it's something that you have the right to. And sometimes, as well, you know, the reason I bring breath work in if you look at all of my pillars, what I'm really trying to say is. You don't need to spend money on anything because all of those are already within your grasp. And I think that was the most important thing for me with women was to say you already have the wisdom and you already have all of the different capabilities to start today. So if you go through all the different pillars, if you looked at mindset, maybe you'd start your day with a five minute meditation yeah if if you then work through nourishment you'd maybe sit down the night before and plan out what you were going to eat the following day two minutes three minutes yeah if you look then at movement you could do what i do and i consider lying on my mat movement because that for me is an investment in my mental health but i also now i'll plan in a 30 minute class to go the Mm -hmm. gym if you look at breath work that can be just done any moment sit back in your chair and allow yourself to close your eyes and just breathe deeply and let it go into the parts of your body that feel like it needs the most what i also do though is connect that breath to the feeling of love so when you breathe in feel it transferring right down through your heart and then allow it to spread across your body that costs you nothing. And that can be 30 30 seconds of breath work that can rest you home. You know, so all of the pillars, what I'm really trying to say to women is you have it all to hand in any minute in a 24-hour period throughout your day. So it's just about helping them to come home to their body wisdom. Because quite honestly, a lot of us have spent and still spend our days completely detached from our body. Yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah I think I think it's,
0: it's, yeah and then we're always looking for inputs and i think um on the retreat it really made me think about um having that silence and like you were saying you have all of this innate knowledge inside of yourself that if you're always putting things through your eyeballs through your ears you know on social media busy 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 you're never letting your body kind of, you're you're never really engaging with yourself. You're never letting your thoughts be in your own head. You're so busy putting other people's thoughts and ideas and days. And we talk in the challenges, we have like a morning routine and an evening routine. And again, that's a real sort of mindset shift. And prior to kind of going onto Instagram or scrolling in the morning, you set out your objectives for the day. So the one thing I'm going to do today is I'm working towards being a person who so you're really setting yourself up for this kind of positive um positive day where you're not kind of instantly looking at somebody else's thing that they own or their day being better than yours you're you're checking in with yourself and I I suppose on a very simple basis that's what the breath work is about that's what the rest is about it's that ability to check in are you are you on your own trajectory are you kind of on your own team are you you know not being distracted by all the noise
1: there's so much noise there's so much noise and um, and i was not one of those people that could easily access this myself um but i had this one moment that that just made me realize firstly how much had shifted since i'd got quiet and i'd rested and, and cared for myself and i was sitting in my living room and i've got a chair right in front of the window in front of the garden and it'd been a year since my dad had passed away And I was just sitting having what felt like the most luxurious um, cup of coffee and I felt this sensation of joy that came from my feet and rushed up through my body and that moment changed everything for me because it helped me to realize that I can access moments of joy that are the most simple acts, I don't need to go out there for anything, I can purely, it, I can have a moment when if I'm really feeling too much, there's too much noise, I can centre myself with just a really great cup of coffee in front of that window and just be still and I realised then that i have been associating so much of what was out there with the chase of happiness and joy and bring it bringing it back inside and realizing that it gets to be simple and it gets to be joyful too yeah that changed that changed my life you know changed my life i think Um, that that's that's
0: incredible i think there's that that whole pursuit of like that hedonic treadmill. So it's like you fixate, you need something, you or you need to be a certain weight before you can be happy, or you need to be in a, you know, and you're just kind of like putting it off like eternally and you're you're looking for this external thing to make you happy when really everything you need is already within you. You are enough just as yeah. you are. And that yeah. that acknowledgement that you're not broken, you don't need fixing, you have the power to heal yourself, you have the power to be happy. You don't need anything to change you just are enough you are perfect as you are and it's only when you get to that level and i think it you know it takes years i think you have to undo so much of that inner kind of critic that kind of narrative that you're not enough you need to shrink, you need to change, you need to comply with this certain way that other people are, or you need to be as successful as this person is, or own this thing, or whatever it is, kind of just keeps you trapped in this circle of kind of um, yeah. dissatisfaction and not feeling enough, and yes. just taking that moment to be like, oh, I'm, I'm wicked, you know, I'm living in and this amazing body, the only place you'll ever live is your body, no one else yeah. is going to live in it, the only person is you and the only person who can make that a happier place to live is you and to do the work because it is work
1: (laughs) yeah it is and and that's why i call it a practice because that is also a very forgiving place to come from in that you realize that that you're not there's no finish line with love for yourself No finish line um you know it constantly has to be a practice because we do as women especially we go through many big transitions throughout our lives and menopause is one of the biggest ones that that we go through Um, and i think you know for all of your people watching and the women within your challenges that you do i would just say the the other thing to do is keep it really simple so i'll show you something that i do Um, i have some really simple anchors in my office so i have my yoga mat that's out but this one is, is a really special one. So it, if you can see it, it's a tiny little home. And, and when I'm feeling really busy, when I feel like I've actually detached a little bit from my mm-hmm. body and I'm out, I'm out there, I just put the light on in that. And I, and I look at it all day and I just remind myself to come back to myself. Mm-hmm. And, and to really you know make that journey home again because yeah. Yeah. that's when I start to really remind myself that that within is where I'll find the answers you know I think that's so, such an int- I've never thought about it before but
0: so many of us are living the majority of our lives outside of our bodies yeah like so, I've actually I've never had that thought before that's so interesting And almost it can be more comfortable to be outside of ourselves than inside so we pursue things that just keep us outside and it's uncomfortable to come in but that's such a interesting notion and debbie i know when we spoke maybe it'll be the last thing because there's probably only so long anyone well i think i could (laughs) listen to you all day um but it was really interesting we were speaking about the menopause and we were speaking about the change in hormones And again, you really sort of blew my mind. And I think it was particularly sort of the loss of estrogen and how that can affect how we are within ourselves and how we're maybe feeling within our bodies. And just in case anyone is probably as uneducated about it as me, whether you could maybe talk about how that can change how we're feeling, particularly when we're living in our bodies and maybe connecting and understanding and maybe being a little bit kinder to ourselves when we have some of these changes in feeling.
1: Yeah, I think I think we we had a gorgeous conversation about it. And, you know, I was lucky enough, I'm a consultant coach for a great company called Powder, who um, whilst they were doing their clinical trials for their new supplements for women go through the, the transition as menopause, they brought coaches in like me to support women whilst they were going through the clinical trials. So I, I had the beautiful job of supporting them with their mental health whilst they were trying this out. And so I did a hell of a lot of research and I still do a lot of research because obviously I'm a woman going through the menopause myself or I went through a very early surgical menopause when I was 39. So the last sort of 12 years for me have been about how can I create a deep understanding of what this means for me. Um, And one of the most interesting articles that I think we spoke about and that I'd read recently, and I'll try and dig it out for you, um, was this link between the lack of oestrogen and the decline in oestrogen and how for women it meant that emotionally you start to detach a little bit from people and it does it sort of makes sense to me because i remember feeling that way i wanted to detach but the first feeling that I got, because I was still, you know, I had a, I was two, had two kids, I was a mom at the time, I went through the menopause. That that feeling of detachment felt very, very alien to me, and I felt really selfish for wanting mm. to do it. But I think it makes sense because what really happens during menopause is that there's this moment where you realise that there's so much going on in your body. That is very outward facing so let's think about it even with our menstruation so much of what we go through in our womanhood the messages and the stories that we get are please could you hide that Mm. please could you diminish your female experience and please could you make it a lot less messy and a lot less inconvenient for the rest of the world So you start that in your teens. We hide it. It's shameful, you know, because our bodies are meant to be for nurturing and mothering and everything to do with our reproductive and fertility is about sexual health as well. So it's very uncomfortable for the world. for a woman to be out there and feeling all of her womanhood. So it means that as women we're not entirely attached to ourselves anyway through that period we haven't really got an understanding of what our bodies go through hormonally throughout menstruation throughout fertility and through to menopause so when we get to menopause and it's very very obvious like hot sweats yeah mood swings um brain fog that people can actually see happening and the woman has no control over when these will arrive and how it will happen it causes so much pain for women because suddenly your body is saying, okay, well, you haven't learned the whisper. You haven't listened to the whispers that I've sent you all these years. So now I'm going to roar at you. Mm. And for women, they hear this roar and they go, oh my God, you know, what is going on? They don't understand. And the narrative out there is still very much as well isn't it funny that women have hot flashes and isn't it funny that they can't remember anything and it's seen as something to ridicule and laugh at when actually it's a very very intricate time and when you look at some of the research behind it it's a time when it's the most important time to come home to your body Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. it's the most important time to nourish her in way that feels really really good and it's the most important time to put yourself and your needs first because when you don't what happens in menopause is just these waves of different symptoms can come in and you're dealing with them all at once and it gets very very confusing and very you know you can feel as though you're not anchored to anything yeah and and a lot of women feel very sad because they feel like they've lost themselves a lot of the women i work with they'll say i feel lost i feel like i've lost myself and my work is all about what is actually happening is imagine if we reframe so we just reframe one of the things that happens in menopause which is hot flushes imagine if we reframe that and we say what if the what if the hot flush is actually the fire within you starting to burn again what if that flame is burning away an old version of you that doesn't serve you anymore and what if from those ashes we could build something even better
0: oh debbie i love
1: that <laughs> yeah so just okay so, just really so <laughs> that kind of
0: really reminds me of kind of i, I did sort of the whole hypnobirthing but again seeing yeah. the contractions rather than pain and discomfort as a surge, as a wave. So, yeah, just that that reframe is, is yeah. so powerful. And I think it's, it's tricky, particularly, particularly for women, where you have maybe wrapped up your value and your self-worth as the mother. Um, so if you're then getting that change in hormones, and you're not even feeling connected to the person who you felt you were, that, that feeling of, of being lost, I think that's, yeah yeah it makes so much more sense doesn't it I love that reframe of kind of yeah being reborn like just trying to to rebuild yourself and you know it's it's just the beginning of a new chapter it's not you know it's not better it's not worse it's just a new you and yeah amazing
1: yeah it is and and it just helps them to see that that actually trying to carry on in the same ways isn't going to work no, you no. Know, it's, it's like you're still trying to work from an old operating system and your body needs a new operati- operating system and it's probably needed an upgrade right throughout all of your transitions yeah. but you've ever really considered that the different fluctuations in your hormones require you to nurture yourself in a different way and when we get to this stage we absolutely yeah. have to put ourselves first there's no way around it if you don't prioritize yourself if you yeah. don't prioritize yourself you will have an experience that feels a bit tricky sometimes but you know it can yeah. be reframed and it can be reframed in a really positive way and some of the women i've worked with just allowing them to work in a really gentle space i hold an extremely gentle space for women because actually that's what's needed and i said this yeah. on live the other day is there aren't many gentle spaces that women allow themselves there really aren't no i
0: just
1: yeah i think it's we don't there's there's no gentle spaces for women to go to so teaching them how to hold that for themselves is a really critical skill because and and then also telling them that detaching from you know the way i experienced it i just wanted to i just wanted more for me that's what i wanted it's And so it's not selfish. It's just that there's probably not been a great balance of power anyway in that dynamic because you've been been out there in service to everybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Because that's the narrative. Women are the lecturers. Women are the ones in service. Women are the carers. And menopause, you know, some of us are, we're still in our careers or we're in businesses. We might or might not have children work might or might not be looking after aging parents yeah, and yeah you know so that is not easy but because the world tells us to keep our womanhood invisible that's what we try and do and the yeah. menopause the menopause just doesn't allow it she no. she's a fiery master <laughs> <laughs> Debbie, I, think you're am, I think you're amazing i think we probably i think I, I think we
0: probably could literally be on a live all day couldn't we but i think it's just i suppose to bring it back like, if you're listening to this, no matter where you are in your in your womanhood, wherever you are in your journey, I mean, these fundamentals, these fundamental pillars, they're so necessary. And I suppose the sooner you can embed them into your life, coming from a place of love and kindness, and I love that idea of sort of holding this sort of gentle space for yourself and listening in and tuning into what your body really needs and wants and just checking in and coming home to yourself is just so beautiful. and. I think everybody who's listening, no matter what age they are, no matter kind of where they are on their journey, because again, it's not a destination with any of this, everything's going to change. Um, But just starting to think about those five pillars, I'll write them in the post about what they are. But obviously, I think we've talked about movement, nutrition, um, mindset, breath and rest. Am I there? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so um, yeah, but Debbie, thank you so much for coming in. I miss you. I wish you could hug me.
1: <laughs> oh, I know, I know, but you used to cry every time I was... <laughs>
0: <laughs> You could probably honestly just chatting to you just makes me well off. I don't know why you've got some magic powers. Look, I'm actually like getting all teary. Um, I'm gonna
1: come up to the whirl and get a hug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and have a big giant hug and we'll spend some time in my office space and we'll just (laughs) oh that would be amazing but
0: I think it's inspiring thank you so much for coming in I think everybody will get something from this chat today and just that idea to remind me that
1: one tip so how could I? what was that how can I love myself spend your day saying to yourself inside how can I love myself even more deeply right now
0: I'm gonna leave us on that because so I think that's beautiful. Thank you, Debbie. Welcome. I'm hugging you. <laughs> I I'm it. I know you're feeling it. I can it. feel it. You know, you know you get me right yeah. here. <laughs> but Debbie, I will speak with you very soon. And um thank you so much for your time. Well, bye. So good afternoon,